welcome to the Twinkle Trainee to ECT podcast. My name's Simeon. I was a teacher for eight years. I worked as a trainee teacher mentor. I was maths lead and I'm just very passionate about helping teachers start their career on the right foot. And hello, I'm Ashley. I work in primary schools, predominantly in Key Stage 2 in Year 4 and Year 5. And I've also had experience as a teaching and learning assistant in a variety of years across primary school. And again, I'm just wanting to be here to give any advice to any trainee or ECT who needs a little bit of support to be confident in their teaching career. Today's show is all on time-saving tips. We're going to be giving our best time-saving tips from our many years of teaching. We've got an interview with an ECT we're very excited about. She's going to be discussing her workload and giving us her best way she saves time. And we've got a fun game at the end you can play along with at home where we discuss how long everyday teaching tasks should take. And just to let you know, if you ever want to contact us for any reason, if you'd like to join the podcast as a guest, or if you've just got a question or inquiry, you can find us on our many social media channels. So you can find us on Facebook. We have the Twinkle Trainee Teachers page, and we also have a dedicated Twinkle ECTs and NQTs page that you can find us on. You could also find us on Instagram, where we are Twinkle Trainee Teachers, and we also have a TikTok page, which is Twinkle Trainee Teachers. And Simeon, do you want to carry on with the rest? Yep, if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can find us on Twitter at Trainee Twinkle, one word, no E. Um, I also run our Pinterest with Donna, that's at Twinkle Trainee Teachers. And this episode and all our other podcasts are available on Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Red Circle, and I believe this episode will be uploaded to YouTube as well. I'd like to say just before we start, there are going to be a couple of changes on the podcast because we are now in season two. I'm very excited. And Ashley is going to be joining me as co-host. The other staff members, Hannah, Adam, Sophie and Donna may pop in from time to time. But we're also going to be trying to have more guests on, more real trainee teachers, more ECTs come to see us. So Ashley, time-saving tips. Should we dive straight in to save some time? Yeah, definitely. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? No, I'll let you go first. (laughs) Okay. So the first one that I um, absolutely loved when I was a teacher and I wasn't that great of to begin with was the peer and self-marking for the children. So the, the more marking you can get the children to do themselves, obviously it saves you time. You don't have to do it at the end of the lesson. And it's also a great getting your evaluation in there I found that if the children were self-marking they were thinking more about their work thinking of how they could improve and it was brilliant and self-marking was the same it was coming from their peers so the children were more likely to take on that advice as well and yes time saving it was it was a a lifesaver for me but obviously it doesn't always suit every lesson so you have to make sure that it's the right type of lesson I think yeah, absolutely, Ashley. Um, anytime I was doing times tables, spellings or reading comprehensions, I would rely on peer marking or self-marking, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Okay, right. My 
top tip. My first one I'm going to start with is have a tick list with every name, first name of a child in your class, right? Make sure you have one to hand maybe on the clipboard. And if you're lucky enough to have a TA, make sure they have one. And Mm. you can use this for all kinds of things. You can use this for your inputs. So you can have it next to you and your TA can be wherever they are in the classroom. And if you notice someone gives a brilliant answer to a question, you know, you can give them a little check. Maybe you have it divided into, you know, understands well or needs a bit of help or okay. And you can just check off as you go throughout the lesson. And then you'll find that your observations for the lesson are done by the end. And your TAs also come up with some observations for you as well. It's just a really handy tip. And those can go straight in your folder. You don't have to do anything with them, just date them really. Yeah, no, that, that, that's really good. I used to do it like that sort of class list type thing. But obviously that could be used for everything to do with teaching anything that I remember I used to use one um, for the rewards, um, certificates, anything like that. It's just fantastic to just keep an eye um, and to see where you're at. And you don't need to be thinking about it too much, really. If you can get it out of your head onto a piece of paper, that's a lot better for me. Yeah. And you can also flip back and sort of see, is is there a child who's just never got anything next to their name? And if so, maybe mm. you need to spend a bit of time with them. Definitely. A hundred percent. I think evaluating pretty much every lesson is just so important as a teacher, but it can take up so much time. So definitely um, any sort of tip like that are fantastic. Um, it sort of leads me on to organisation. Now, I put my hand up. I am the person that buys all of the planners. I have all of the stationery. I have everything that I could spend money on to buy to make me organised. And you, you are quite keen on organisation, I can tell. I am, but I'm terrible at it. I try all the time, and and I must admit there was just a few things that really stuck with me for teaching. But I would say, as a trainee or as an ECT, organisation just saves you so much time and I think for me it was it was having trays worked for me with labels clear labels either for the days of the week for you can print off things in advance and put them in there or for per lessons you can have all your maths in one but I, I found with my label maker which I loved um, was having extension activities labelled in a tray and the children could go once they finished their work they knew that they could go and get an extension activity Obviously, they had to let me know, so I knew that they'd finished their work and why they were getting up and things. But that, for me, was such a such a time saver of just knowing that those things. Because there's nothing worse than if you're working with another child and you've got a line of children behind you wanting your attention or wanting to mark their work. You just, if you know and the children know that they go and get those pieces of work or anything, I think that's that that's it that was a great one for me that is a really good tip i i I did the exact same thing especially in maths i always had kind of an open-ended or a problem solving kind of an explorative task there Mm -hmm. at the end i I love that tip um so my next one i i'm not i'm trying not to be contentious at all because obviously (laughs) we work for twinkle so -hmm. obviously we'd love for you to use our products we believe in them we think they're good but we are not the only company out there but i will say that selectively using schemes of work and pre-made resources that you trust that are good pre-made resources in other words Mm -hmm. you've vetted them you 
think they work well for the lesson. You've you've not just sort of done a quick two minutes, I'm going to print this off and go. You know, you've really looked into it. It's a great way to save time. Um, I started in a school that didn't believe in schemes of work. And over the years, they kind of they kind of crept in because the teachers' workloads were getting heavier and heavier. And once they started introducing schemes of work and saying, oh, yeah, you can use these, it was it saved so much time on the planning side of things. And just having a PowerPoint ready to go, having a task ready to go, even if it wasn't quite right and I had to make an extension or I had to adapt, it was still mm-hmm. so much easier than starting from scratch. And less overwhelming as well. Um, it, I, I remember, especially when I was training, I was also in a school that didn't have schemes or only slightly. And it can be really overwhelming to think that you've just got this blank piece of paper in front of you and you've got to, you know, plan a whole term's worth of work. So, yeah, I definitely think that our resources are brilliant, but you do have to use them correctly. And like you said, a, a lot of the, you might need to edit them. Um, just for differentiation of different things. No, I definitely agree, Simeon, that they are time-saving. Okay. Um, I've forgotten whose tip it is. Is it you next, Ashley? I think it is me. I think it is me. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, Right. So you went contentious, well, slightly contentious. I might go slightly contentious, and there will be a lot of EYFS trainees or or Key Stage 1 that might just go, nope, not a chance. But... If you can train your children correctly, which is a big but, getting them to stick their own work in their own books yes. is such a time-saving tip. But there is a lot of preparation and patience that has to come before they can do it correctly. So it might not seem like a time-saving tip to begin with because you have to show them so many times and how to do it. But if you can persevere with that and get your class to stick in a piece of work neatly, and I mean, you might have different standards of how your books need to look. Some people are very, very particular. Others, as long as they're not hanging over the edge, it's okay. Um, But especially in key stage two, they should definitely be sticking in their own book. But I know when I was working... Yeah, when I was when I was helping out in year one, I, I, I just know that I had a teacher friend that just every day had piles and piles of pieces of paper that she needed to stick in at the end of the day and I just thought she's got to mark them all and stick them all in it just takes so so long um so yeah if you can I really would suggest that you you get them trained you get them on it I I completely agree with you I mean I started in year one two and that would have been hard but we would have done it and I uh, ended my career in year three four and that was perfect for Mm. and obviously I'd spend a lot of that first week of the year setting up things like that and practicing them and the children would get better throughout the year it's it's something you commit to and that leads beautifully into my tip (laughs) which would be if you're going to stick in work and you print off say say you're doing a worksheet Print it off in the morning or ask your TA, trim it down Mm -hmm. so it will fit in a book nicely. So, you know, it's not going to stick out the edge. Or you can buy books. You can ask your school if they order the books that are slightly bigger than A4. And again, then there's less chance of it looking messy because the kids have a bit more wiggle room. It is very hard to stick in an A4 sheet exactly on an A4 piece of paper. I never knew books like that existed. 
They do. How am well, I my, just finding this out? <laughs> well, I think my school was weird because um, we were allowed to order whatever we wanted. We did our own orders, and I'm aware not many schools do that. But you could talk to the person who does the ordering and, and float the idea to them. Mm, definitely. That's really interesting. I never, I never knew those books like that. Um, my tip. Okay, let's go. Next. Um, I think... I mean, I've always treasured relationships in schools and I always think that um, working together sort of helps everyone to keep their stress levels down and their, you know, their time. Um, And I would suggest if you are one of those teachers that is lucky enough to have a teaching assistant or share a teaching assistant between a a couple of classrooms, I know that happens nowadays, um, I would say working effectively with that staff member can be really, really effective. And I know that some trainees find it a little bit um, daunting to be working with with teaching assistants just because a lot of trainees tend to be younger and have come out of university and they're going and they're working with someone who's very experienced and it can be a daunting process. I know it was for me, but I remember just having that little bit of time in the morning to explain your day, explain what you would like them to do if they like working with groups, they could work with a group. Maybe they could do a little bit of marking for you or at least tell you how your child, those children got on. Um, and I think that can just save you time, but also save you headspace as well, which I know isn't the, what the, this episode is about, but it is also important to sort of try and find those little ways that you can keep uh, your head of right in teaching but yeah definitely work with ETA be effective be concise because they have a lot going on themselves and they have a lot of other jobs to do but yeah if you can utilize them well then that could be really effective for you yeah it's it's probably the most important relationship you're going to have in school apart from you know with the the children (laughs) yeah And the cleaners, oh, and the head, and the parents. Okay, it's it's definitely one of the top. And the key, oh yeah, do not all the all the secretaries do not upset any of those people. All the caretakers, yeah. um, Getting on with your TA should really be a priority. I'm showing them respect. We used to at our school write notes for our TA every morning, which sounds like a hassle, but it actually saved a lot of time. Not a lot of notes, just quick, like half page. This is what we're doing today. And it made them feel like we thought about them. We were using their time well, and they were more included in the learning. And we'd also, we do like a weekly plan, but we weren't expected mm-hmm. to hand in a, anything daily, but we'd share that with our TA. And I'd encourage yeah. you as a trainee teacher, if, you, if you're having a TA in your lesson and you're not sure, share your plans ahead of time with them and they'll be on your side, I think. They'll, they'll yeah. want to help you. Definitely. And I've had experience on both sides of the coin. So for the last couple of years, I have been working as an assistant. And I must admit that it made my job and my day so much easier knowing what was expected of me. I didn't have any worry during the lesson that I wasn't doing what I should be or that I wasn't pushing the children enough. If I had clear and concise instructions, then I knew that and I could get on with my job to the best of my ability. So it can be daunting, but everyone will appreciate that conversation if you have it. Um, so yeah, definitely, a hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. And I think we should do one more tip each because we're trying to save time here, so we don't <laughs> want to go too long. We're trying to save everyone's time who's listening. Thank you for listening, by the way. Um, so my last tip is going to be, again, it sounds counterintuitive, but planning ahead, planning your week out in a way that will save you time. So in other words, thinking, okay, I've got playground duty on Thursday, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to 
do any like big marking heavy tasks then because I won't be able to tackle any of it during the day. I'm not going to plan three writing tasks on the same day. I'm going to try and give myself a no marking day. And on days when you're not doing in the books marking, I mean, obviously this depends on your school and the marking policy. Think about other ways you can gather evidence, you know, um, an iPad, for example, just photos. And again, the kids can stick those in their books, write a quick comment. You know, I learned about today, date, done. It's evidence. Mm -hmm. It's in the books. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. That was one of my tips as well. So I'm quite glad that you, um, you got oh, that sorry, one in. Oh, sorry, I stole it. No, no. <laughs> I'm glad that you've got it in there because then I can say mine. But yeah, I think, I think for me, it, it, it comes up... As well, it, it, it's in line with everything, but I like to give my children jobs if it's handing out books, if it's collecting books at the end of the lesson, if it's, um, I think I gave some children, um, we, we had it where there was a register on the computer, but you also had to do the register printed out on a tick. It was almost, we had to do two, quite strange, quite time consuming. There was also a lunch one if they were having sandwiches or dinners. I used to get a child to sit next to me. I'd do the one on the computer. They would sit next to me and tick off on the register. Obviously, I would check it just to make sure, but a quick glance and it was okay. And that just saved me so much time. And the children loved it because they had all the responsibility. So, yeah, if you can give them jobs in a nice way, do it. And that will save you some time. And it gives them an, a, an onus over their classroom as well. And they, they feel part of it. And it's a bit of a community then if you're all pitching in and doing things together. I completely agree with that tip. That is a great, great tip. I love it. Um, and I, I always try to do the same. I always try to give the children as much responsibility as I felt they could reasonably handle. Mm -hmm. And they loved it. They always rose to it. They always wanted to do jobs. And I swear every year I had one or two children, even in year three, who probably could have run the class for me by yeah. the end of the year. Yeah. You will always find those children, won't you, in your class? <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking of Summer from School of Rock. You always get one or two. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. Okay. Um, so very exciting up next we have our first interview of the year with a real life ECT and I'd really like to say please if you're enjoying the show message us on social media we'd love to have you on just to hear from real ECTs and trainees and find out what life is like at the moment and get your views on things Okay, so we're here with Chloe today. Um, we've got uh, our first interview of the year. We're very excited. Uh, so I'll hand over to Ashley for our first question. Hi, Chloe. Um, just straight away, we just wanted to know if you could introduce yourself, maybe tell us where you're at in your career at teaching, maybe what class you're teaching, anything really, just to see where you're up to and what you're doing. So I am a year two ECT uh, so six to seven year olds and obviously it's SATS year. So it's a lot of pressure, um, but I'm absolutely loving it. It's a one form entry school. So I have so much to do planning wise and resourcing, you know, finding that responsibility all on my own is a massive challenge, but I love it. And I love my job. I love the children. They're, so, they're just, they're the sweetest things and they make it so great every day. Amazing. I was actually working in a one form as well in year, four, you? year four. So I do kind of understand yep. what you mean with the planning and, and the workload that way. It is a lot when yeah. you're doing it on your own. It's lovely to have the creativity to do it yourself and know your children and plan based on how they're, how they're finding everything. 
definitely it's definitely got a bit more freedom hasn't it you can sort of just do it on your evaluations and different things yeah yeah um so clay i was wondering because we hear and read things all the time but it would be really nice to hear from someone actually in school what's it like at the minute hard (laughs) it is hard (laughs) i won't beat around the bush (laughs) covid is just the difference in ability for children is absolutely huge but i'm so lucky to be in a school that I really find supports sort of my own ethos as well. Um, and we've got so many things in place like to support anxiety and to really encourage children to actually love learning again. Cause that's one thing our school found that children just didn't want to learn during lockdown. And so, oh, really? yeah, they just, they hated it. We had children just not turn up for registration and, you know, they really hated it. And so for me, it's been in the school, a massive push to try and, encourage them to think no I actually want to come into school like and to leave their parents again it's such a big transition for them and coming back into that environment and it's you know really scary the uncertainty of thinking well could I be working from home again like next week it's it's a massive massive challenge for them and the academic wise the abilities are just huge you know I've got some children in year two who are working pre-reception some children who are working easily could do year three or four it's 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 a massive challenge but to be honest I couldn't think of a better time to start teaching have have your class experienced school without covid because I'm trying to think back timeline wise they wouldn't have had much schooling before it happened would they I think the only full year they've had is nursery so so you know they're going they're going from a whole school year where they had play pretty much the whole time to then a very strict schedule of we're doing this lesson, this lesson, this lesson, you get break, then you do this lesson, then lunch, and then a full two hours of lessons. They, they At the start, they found it so, so challenging. But that That's a huge so transition. I, I like what you said, though. Why, why do you think now is a great time to be training to be a teacher or to be an ECT? I think the responsibility is massive, but just knowing – that these children couldn't need teachers anymore, you know, to catch them up. They've missed so much learning. And it's not even just the learning, it's the skills. I've got children who are still struggling to hold pencils properly. You know, it's it's simple things like that that we don't even consider. And actually, they're so huge. And catching them up on that and seeing the progress as well. I mean, the progress has been insane this year. And we've only done one term. And we've started off doing, you know, year one learning and all of a sudden they're now actually doing year two learning. It's so rewarding seeing the difference, like the massive, massive difference you are making to every single child. Amazing. Amazing. Um, I just wanted to know as well. So we are doing this episode on time saving tips, but we just wanted to know what would be the one thing that you think has an unnecessary strain on your sort of teaching life and your time whilst you're teaching? I think for me, I, so coming from a one form, um, planning does take up so much time. And I think because I have such high expectations of myself and I have high expectations of the children, I really do try to go in depth with differentiation. I will try and differentiate as many humanly ways as possible for one lesson. And, you know, yes, it's not always possible to keep it up, but I have such high expectations of what I want them to achieve. And my planning in my mind needs to reflect that 
and and so for me that's that's the biggest strain I think the pressure that I put on myself not necessarily to be perfect but for things to be really high quality all the time yeah yeah you are you you sounded like you're your own biggest critic there but I think that's something that's probably shared with teachers across the country and the world really it's a really typical thing to say in interviews oh yeah I just I'm such a perfectionist but I am (laughs) I really am yeah you have to be slightly to be a teacher I think you have to really especially in a one form as well like we were saying before it is down on your shoulders really isn't it so you have to really push yourself as well to really push those boundaries yeah and also with what you said about the responsibility to the children now I guess that that adds to it I I would say something I I learned sort of probably about my fifth year in is sometimes good is good enough and you kind of have to have to just live with that but yeah I I get the perfectionist thing um so do you have a time-saving tip for us for me one of the biggest things that has just changed everything for me has been even though I'm walking around less and I'll be having discussions with the children, they'll be editing their learning based on what I say, actually going around and actually marking as we're going through makes such a difference. I think even if it's literally, so in our school, we have little symbols. So if I've given verbal feedback, we would write VF and then you sort of write a little wishing wand and you know that they've done it and they have a different color to show that they've edited. But for me, it just saves so much time going around and actually is a great assessment tool as well, because it means if I'm live marking, I can see instantly, okay, I know that this child doesn't get this, or these children have come up with this misconception that I've never thought of. I need to take the whole class back to basics. And so you don't waste time there. But I think leaving marking to sort of the end of the lesson, not only is absolutely draining and takes so much more time, but I think it really helps the education of the children as well. Because then otherwise you're having to replan next lesson as well when you could just do it there in the moment. Let's get this misconception done and and move on and we can get learning started again. You're not really going off track. Um, but for me, it's just such a key, key thing that I go around and, and it makes sure that I know that I saw this child today because I can see my marking in their book already. Next lesson, I need to focus on this child. So it's, mar- live marking is an absolute godsend <laughs> for me. Um, and I suppose as well, it's little things like delegating to, I'm really fortunate I have an incredible LSA. Um, and for me, when I'm doing the input, I know that she can go off and she can stick things in for me or she can cut while I'm, you know, I don't really need her to be right there in the moment with us. So it's delegating things like that. And I'm very fortunate I am able to do that. But it's, it's utilising your time carefully and, and it's not something I've got perfect <laughs> and I'm still working on it. But all these little things really, really do add up. No, I definitely, I, I definitely That's an agree. amazing tip. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Really, really good. Something that I don't think I really managed to sort out while I was yeah. teaching. I was, a, I was a nightmare with, with wasting time on little things. So, yeah, no, I completely, completely agree. Live marking wasn't a thing when I started. It just came into vogue as I was leaving. I, really, I, I did it for like the last year and loved it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's as well. We're, we're very clear in our school that, you know, we don't want to be writing essays in their books. The important thing is actually speaking to that child in the moment and giving them that feedback, then responding to it instantly. And you're just going from there. And, and otherwise, if you give loads of feedback and they look at it the next day, how much are they really going to remember and how much are they really going to think, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember she was talking to me about this, now I need to do this. 
especially with year two as well. So some of the stuff that you write in the books, you might not even be able to read. So yeah, I definitely agree with verbal, verbal feedback. Oh, yeah, exactly. no, it becomes this farce of you having to go around and read comments that you could yeah. have just... T- yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I did. We, we changed our policy up slightly and the first two days I made the mistake of writing comments in their books. And I just thought, you know what, this is this is never going to work for some of them. We need, to, <laughs> we need to just go around and focus on them during the actual lesson. And the ones who can read can have, you know, bigger comments. But it's, yeah, it's, it's little things like that that you don't think about. Well, we'll have to finish there, Chloe, but it's been so lovely having you on. I love your energy and enthusiasm. Would you have anything you'd like to say to kind of the trainees out there who are who are training at the moment? It's hard. <laughs> it's really hard. But there is so many amazing days and amazing moments. And for me, I have, I have a little box. I keep all the, you know, most tre- treasured memories from teaching. You know, if, if a child said something really positive to me or a parent has said something so lovely – keeping those there and just looking back and going, that's why I'm teaching. It's, it's, it's such an amazing job and just stick with it. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. Amazing advice. Okay. And welcome back to the Twinkle Trainee to ECT podcast. Now we are going to be playing a little game to finish off the episode. We are where you can play at home. And we are going to see how long everyday teaching tasks take. So we can hopefully try and shave off some time for you during the day. So, Simeon, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, (laughs) so we've got to be very honest here. So um, I'll I'll choose the first one if that's okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, So how long did it take us to plan a lesson? Just only one lesson. Oh, that was a sharp inhale. (laughs) I, I know you're you're quite heavy with your planning, aren't you? I'm very light with my planning. At least I was by the end. I tried to be light, but then my ha- my head had that many ideas that it ended up being really detailed, which took a long, long time. I think a lesson for me. Oh, this is difficult. Tw- tw- twenty minutes. I yeah. want to say twenty to half an hour. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's reasonable, and I think as a trainee, because quite often you have formats you have to fill in, and those take longer. I mean, by the end, I was just planning in my notebook, and it was often, you know, a list of names, what my extensions would be, and kind of a, a quick running order, and I'd, I'd be ready to go. The rest was in my head, but I'd say for a trainee, sort of twenty minutes to half an hour is mm-hmm. good. Forty-five minutes is reasonable. If you're getting past an hour for a lesson, yeah. you're probably overthinking at that point. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I, th- I think it, you can fall into the trap of feeling you have to write everything down. You need to have the confidence in your own ability to know that when you're up in that classroom, you're going to be doing so many things automatically that you don't need to have in your planning as reminders. Trust yourself and it will it'll be a quicker process. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, your turn, Ashley. Okay. How long did it take you to mark a stack of books? Well, this depends because I was very tricksy with marking. I liked my peer marking. I liked my self-evaluations. Mm-hmm. I, I liked my live marking. That was something I didn't 
cotton on to to my last couple of years in teaching but i like that but if i'd say done a big write i have 30 books in front of me and i've got my ppa honestly that's going to take me most of my ppa that's going to take an hour plus and there's just no way around that one if it were a maths lesson might get it done in 15 20 minutes yeah no i completely agree and it's also you've got to take into consideration the mark scheme of your school's I know that the different schools I went to, one was very, very heavy on their marking. They had different colored highlighters. You had to initial. There was a lot to do, which obviously takes longer. Um, And you also have to consider what year you are teaching. And as a teacher, there are different things and different ways to mark books. But I know as soon as you get to the higher years in Key Stage 2, those big rights are very big and they can take a lot of time to mark. So, yeah, I... I'm about the same time with you. It just, I have very different experiences in in different schools. So it could be anywhere from an hour. It could be two, three, four hours. If if it was a, if it was a big class, right. That, because I did year five, it was, you were talking two sides, three sides of A4 per child. That's a lot of marking to do. Yeah. And there there is no way around it really. And you have to be the one to mark it. I mean, there's occasionally times I could ask my TA to mark something, especially if it was something where I could give her, a, you know, an answer sheet and she'd mark her groups and then I'd just, over, you know, oversee it at the end and have a quick look. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Uh, my next one should be an easy one. I think eating lunch. How long did that take when you were a teacher? How long should it take or how long does it actually take? Because <laughs> Good question. Because I could shove food down my face and have it done in about 10 minutes if I needed to, but I always think you should take at least half an hour of yeah. sitting, yeah. relaxing, taking your mind off it, eating your food at a normal pace um, and making sure that you're eating enough as well. So don't just have a breakfast bar or something like that. It's quick. You need to be taking yeah. your time out. But yeah, it, it, I mean, it could take it easily. I've, I've had days where I haven't had lunch. I've had days where I've had five minutes, but I would, I would definitely say take the time and make sure that you have a, a nice proper lunch. Yeah, and I, I, I don't want to come off as preachy because I know things can be really frantic in schools, but all those days where we don't have a proper lunch and don't talk to our colleagues and are kind of isolated, those impact us long term because you know our, our bodies aren't getting what we need and our relationships aren't getting what they need either. So I, I agree, half an hour at least. I used to take half an hour to set up for the afternoon because I was primary and I had to set up my class. Mm-hmm. And then I'd always make sure I talked with my colleagues and I'd have a school lunch because they were nice at my school. I, I really liked them. Okay. Do you want to do one more, Ashley? Yes, we'll do the final one. Now, I've chosen one that trainees might not have come across yet or ECTs really. It's more at the end of the year. But how long did it take you to write a school report? Oh, now this this really depends on your school mm-hmm. and your level of experience. I would say mm-hmm. as a trainee, I used to give my trainees one or two each to have mm-hmm. a go at. Okay, so in that case, I'd be spending a good hour on them, maybe two mm-hmm. hours, you know, to make sure I did a really good job. If I was an ECT and I had lots to do, uh, my my top tip was I would start just after Easter because ours would do out sometime in the summer and I would do one or two every evening and that would get done. And I'd probably spend about half an hour to 40 minutes on each one. And I, I the way our school did it was very bespoke. I wasn't 
a fan of kind of copy pasting and tick lists. I try to give every child something individual. Mm. And by starting early, there's a really good tip. <laughs> start with the children you think are going to be hardest. Don't start with the mm. easy ones, start with the hard ones. And then if you have nothing to write, you've got time, you can spend some more time with them and get to know them. So I agree. I didn't like the copy and paste, but what I used to do is I wouldn't write a report from start to finish. I would group the children by math. And then I would write all of the comments to the children. And they, because I'd grouped them, they were quite similar, but there were different things that each individual could work on. Um, so I would get all the maths done. Then I would go through and do all the English. And then as soon as it got to, it got to more about the child individually, then I would finish it off. But I wouldn't say I, I couldn't as a person sit there and just write a report from start to finish. I need to block it off. And that just saved some time for me. But yes, it, it would take me probably about 45 minutes per report really but I was someone who was a little bit nervous doing them I did draft and I did redraft and I was I just wanted them to be right and I was really panicking about spelling mistakes or anything like that so yeah, I was someone yeah. who did take quite a bit of time over them but at least when I handed them in I was confident about them which is the best thing for me really. Yeah, and I, I don't want to say you wouldn't have any kind of general comments because there are mm. always some children who are similar and there are always some generalities, you know. So I don't want to say like every single sentence has to be has to be beautifully bespoke and tailored to the child. Um anyway, it's it's been a great show and I can't believe how quickly it's flown by. I guess yeah. we must have saved some time along the way. <laughs> um, so I'd just like to remind you we are looking for more guests. We'd love to have you on, so please do get in touch with us on our socials um should we give them again ashley yeah so we've got two pages on facebook the twinkle trainee teachers and we've got the twinkle ects and nqts we have on instagram twinkle trainees trainee teachers and we have on tiktok twinkle trainee teachers and on twitter we are at trainee twinkle on pinterest we are at twinkle trainee teachers and this podcast is going to be available on stitcher amazon music spotify red circle google podcasts and youtube um please join us next month where our topic is going to be job hunting (laughs) okay goodbye everyone Bye. bye